Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. We ain't nobody's fool. No. We shaking up the system. Rewrite unwritten rules. Oh, come on. We speak the world won't listen. We shine. show i'm amanda seals today is thursday november 30th 2023 it is almost the end of 2023 so we're gonna work on some end of the year resolutions before jumping into the new year one resolution is make sure your computer is protected today is national computer security day again i don't know who comes up with these days but you know they, they their creativity never ceases to amaze us and you know it's america so them saying this national computer security day is like they're really saying secure your shit from us that's what they're really saying okay uh because they in it y'all they in it it's also group chat thursday coming up today i'm very excited we have our special guest journalist author hilarious person smart funny and black master black spurt Charles Blow will join us, okay, to talk about our experiences making big moves and relocating to a new city. You can also check out his documentary, South to Black Power, now available on HBO Max. I will never call it Max, so don't even ask me to. It is available now, and we are going to talk about how that project relates to movements of Black people, et cetera, et cetera. He was on Small Doses podcast during the pandemic, and his book had just come out, and we talked about how Black people could take back the South if we would just move back to the South. So this is a continual effort by Mr. Charles Bowen. We're going to get into it. Also, our group chat topic of the week. We talked about going back to the club. Y'all, the kids are saying the club don't got the vibes that it used to have, but I remember, okay? I remember Lotus in New York, okay? I remember Love in D.C. I remember Club 112 in Atlanta. I clearly was in the club a lot. All right, but it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. So we got all that going on. We're also going to talk about parents supporting their children. When do you draw the line? And when are you not doing enough supporting? All right, all that's coming up today. Give us a call, one 855 amanda 8 That's 1-855-262. 62628. Don't go anywhere. It's time to listen, laugh, and learn. The Amanda Seals Show. Welcome back, y'all. This is the Amanda Seals Show. I'm Amanda Seals. And welcome to our special guest, Mr. Charles Blow. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So, uh, you know, Charles, I, many of us know you as an incredible writer, uh, journalist, author, opera, uh, creator, uh, a kappa. <laughs> um... All the things. And South to Black Power is your latest project about yeah. politicians. It's, it's a, it speaks to how we can get back Black Power by moving to the South. Am I correct? Yes, that's correct. I am trying to tap into state power in the country. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. At the end of the Civil War, three Southern states were majority Black, Louisiana, Mississippi, and South Carolina, and three others were within about eight percentage points of being majority Black. And because they had that level of state power, including like in Mississippi, being black men being the 
majority of registered voters uh, uh, right right after the Civil War, it meant that they could put a lot of pressure on state governments to do things that really benefited black people. It it meant that 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 black delegation could put pressure on the Mississippi uh, state legislature back when senators were not openly elected, but they were appointed by the legislatures and say, you have open seat. We want it. Give it to us. And they gave it to them. Uh, It meant that, you know, in Louisiana, you could force uh, or, or, you know, you could force progress into a state constitution, which was what happened in the Constitution Convention of 1868. Very incredibly progressive state constitution included everything from, you know, kind of property rights for everybody, including black people to uh, integrated in in Louisiana, uh, integrated public schooling. It wasn't until, you know, uh, until America allowed Reconstruction Mm. to fail and the white terrorists uh, uh, put enough pressure on the population to reduce their voter turnout and call Mm -hmm. new constitutional conventions from which they largely excluded any black people from being there. And they then wrote white supremacy into the DNA of those states. And that became known as Jim Crow. And it lasted for half of a decade, if not longer. So there was a moment people talk about reconstruction and they really talk about what the the, the white people, what's that? Half of a decade? Uh, a, a century, I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, and uh, people talk a lot about what largely white liberals in Washington, D.C. did that benefited black people, and they did things. But what they don't focus a lot on is what that incredibly high representation of black voters in the states did for themselves. People don't know that. Like, that's like a basic thing that I feel like. Like Cardi B the other day was like, I'm not voting for Biden again because New York's budget is not accurate. And right, I'm just like, oh, right. no, no, those two things don't go together. But when we come back, I want to talk about how relocating just in general, uh, because I think it's a big call to ask people to move, particularly mm-hmm. to move to the South. But I also mm-hmm. this thing, did you know that moving is apparently the most stressful thing for Americans. Like they've polled Americans. They said like even above having a new kid like and death, moving is the most stressful thing for Americans. So I want to talk about when we get back the, the importance of, you know, having to change your location, whether it's regarding politics, et cetera. And I want to hear from you, Charles, because you told me a story on my podcast. I'm going to bring that story up when we get back. Keep it like okay. right here, the Amanda Seal Show. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. Welcome back to the Amanda Seals Show. It's Amanda Seals here. I have got Charles Blow joining us, journalist, author extraordinaire, and documentarian. You can check out his documentary, South to Black Power, on HBO Max right now. You don't even need to know what it's about. It says South to Black Power. That should be enough of an interest title for you. Like, Charles, you won with the title, okay? Because that's the type of thing where I see that together in one sentence. I'm like, that's something I need to watch. I need to watch that. Um, But we were talking about, you know, the importance of understanding that like so much of our legislation is really about the the state power. Right. And I think we're so fixated on the president and that and we've been talking about local politics and all that. But 
even when you're moving to another state, you do need to consider what those state laws are, particularly now that mm-hmm. Roe v. Wade has been uh, re- uh, repealed. And also just if you are an ex-incarcerated um, person, like what are the disenfranchisement mm-hmm. laws, et cetera. If you are a gun owner or you want, if you bought your guns, you bought your guns, um, you know, what is the situation in that state? But also if you are trying to find love, what is the situation Listen. in that state? Because baby, if you're trying to date, don't come to Los Angeles. Don't do it. Don't we? They, it doesn't want you. It doesn't want you. All right. Um, but Charles, you had told me that you grew up in like an all black community, and yeah. I really thought that was so you know interesting because Jeremiah also talks about the same thing, and I'm just like I can't even imagine the joy of that and then leaving it. Why? Why did you leave? <laughs> Well, well, you know, the leading part was that it, it was just small and uh, the industry that I was in was the news industry. The biggest newspapers are in the biggest cities in the country. So you, you're going to basically gravitate towards the biggest market you can find. So uh, it was industry specific, but also, you know, wanting to be in a, a place that was different where everybody doesn't know everyone in your family and, you know, mm. all the way back to your great grandparents. Like that is, <laughs> that is what a small town is like. Um, but yes, it is, you know, it was, uh, and, and remains a majority black town and the, and it was segregated when I was growing up. So we were on the black side of town. In fact, we were on the last street on the black side. So I always say we were on the blackest, blackest, blackest part of the black side of town. <laughs> and we, you know, and it, Everything in your life kind of re- existed there. You know, the candy lady was next door to me. He was a black woman. The the oh, guy who in the real store was down the street. He was a black man. The guy who upholstered your furniture. He was my cousin. He was a black man. Like it, the entire <laughs> my cousin community <laughs> revolved around you know it included black people and because you know Louisiana, one of the southern states that had fought integration for so long. Um, that when it finally passed, basically they set up these uh, academies uh, with, with some state funding, by the way. Uh, and all the white kids began to go to academies basically so they could preserve segregation without calling it segregation. So they were private academies. Uh, and so in my school, there was, I re- if I recall correctly, there were two white people and they were the people who were too poor to go to the academy. Uh, and... So, so everybody around was black, and the school itself had been set up. College, they were called colleges back then, but I think college now would Not translate to like a high school. They, they were called colleges, but we, you know, it, it was set up. It was set up right after, in the wake of Tuskegee. In fact, it was set up on the same model as Tuskegee. It was the first black college in North Louisiana. Um, and it was set up to educate the sons and daughter freed slaves. And that high school, the same ground, is where I went to high school. It had the school is still there. Uh, and so, and when when walking through the school, you we didn't have. You know, I always think about that scene in um, Do the Right Thing, where they go in a pizza shop and say, "Put some black people on this wall." I'm like, I only ever had black people on the wall. Like they were like these. <laughs> all pictures of black people from the 1800s and those were the people that we saw and we understood that our legacy as self-sufficient creators of our own destinies to some degree was long 
and it, the, the place where we were being educated was deep in that kind of heritage. Well, we'll be right back. I want to get into, uh, you know, for the team, we're all here. And I think all of us have relocated. And I know for me, I have relocated into predominantly black spaces. Right. And just seeing the excitement and the difference for me in that. And I would love to hear from y'all just like what your experiences have been when you have to go to a new a new space and any surprises that have come your way. Yeah. Keep it like right here. The Amanda Seal Show. We'll be right back. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. Welcome back to the Amanda Seal Show. It's Amanda Seals here and it is a group chat Thursday. We got the whole squad on the mic as well as our guest, Charles Blow, joining us now. I don't know if y'all know, but Charles Blow did Smart, Funny, and Black at the Apollo in 2019. He went up against uh, journalist and author Joan Morgan. It was one of the greatest Smart, Funny, and Black shows of all time to this day. Top three. And it was so Ooh, amazing that y'all had to, y'all tied. Y'all are one of the only yeah, we tied. The only other yeah, the only <laughs> other tie we've ever had was Keenan and Kel. <laughs> That's the only oh. other time we've ever had. So shout out, shout out to that. Smart, funny, and so we're in the middle of uh, talking about relocating as we are promoting Charles's new documentary, South to Black Power, which you can catch streaming on. Uh, HBO Max right now. And TJ, before we went to the break, you had a question yeah, for the, so the knowledgeable one. Yeah, very knowledgeable. Uh, tell me, is there any truth to this? Because when I think about your title, South to Black Power, my family is predominantly from Louisiana. I was born in Milwaukee. I was always told that a lot of black people up north, because people be like, people be like, it's black people in Milwaukee. But I was always told <laughs> that they migrated up north for job opportunities to make more money. And then, but it's something about being up north when you when I go back down south, I live in Dallas now, it feels like home, even though I'm not from the South. Do you think that there is something about the South and black people that would just innately make you feel more at home in the South? And is there any truth to that migration on how Black people got up North like that? Yeah, so there was, first on the migration point, uh, the the Great Migration was spurred by a push and a pull. So the push was racial Mm. terror and uh, a collapsing cotton crop because the boll weevil infestation during that period kind of ate up all the cotton bulls. And so now, not only were you being terrorized, you couldn't actually feed your family and survive. At the very same time, uh, a lot of uh, white men, including those in northerners in, in the north where uh, uh, factories were being uh, set up, left for World War One, And so now these factories needed bodies. And so they sent recruiters into the South saying, hey, we need you. Uh, they're not treating you right, come up here. And so they were recruiting everyone, including black people. Black people you know took that push and pull and they went north and and were able to become employed get, and uh, did actually make better money and the, and the work conditions were better for them and, uh, uh, and the wage conditions were better for them. Uh, so that is absolutely true. Uh, it is also true that for from the time the first Africans set foot on American soil um, to today, and until today, the majority of black people in America have lived in the American South. And until uh, the Great Migration, 90% of black people in America lived in the American South. So it, 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 you can make the argument that the American South is uh, 
is black culturally because right. so much of black culture seeped into Southern culture. Even though people would say they hated black people and this, <laughs> but they were still consuming black culture. So Southern food right. is primarily black people's food. It is kind of right. a, 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 a lot of the We music, were cooking the food. <laughs> we were cooking the food, but also uh, a lot of, you know, the not only preparation style, but but some of the the things that people brought over, like kind of rice grains and stuff, kind of mm-hmm. still exist. Um, in addition to that, it is very hard if you kind of really analyze country music and uh, and blues. There's a difference, but they're very close. Hey, you know, right. so uh, mm-hmm. um, and that's why you can see a lot of black artists kind of flip over want to go to country music because it's very close to what they've been singing already. It's just a tiny twitch. The the banjo is in fact an African instrument. Like so, but we associate it now with white people, but it is ours. So all of, so much of black culture is just embedded in Southern culture. You can, you know, um, I, I saw one study once about how the Southern black dialect is as close to an African dialect as you can get in America. Uh, so I think there's just so much that's just kind of um, visceral about mm-hmm. being in Southern space that, and also the fact that there's so many black people, right? You know, the, there, there are 1,200 majority black towns and cities in America. 90% of them are in the American South. Wow. Almost every capital city in the South is majority black. So the you can make the argument that the municipal South is largely black. And so you, when you right. visit, you're probably not always visiting the small town. You're visiting some of these places where you're running into a lot of black people and a mm-hmm. lot of black culture that feels very familiar because it is familiar. But there you got it, y'all. If you're trying to move, you need to be moving to the South, apparently. Give us a call, one 855 amanda 8 That's 1-855-262-6328. Don't go anywhere. It's time to listen, laugh, and learn. The Amanda Seal Show. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Welcome back to the Amanda Seals Show. It's Amanda Seals here. I have got Charles Blow joining us, journalist, author extraordinaire, and documentarian. You can check out his documentary, South to Black Power, on HBO Max right now. You don't even need to know what it's about. It says South to Black Power. But I think some people are afraid of the South because, you know, of... I mean, just like what we were saying before. I mean, there's this this concept that like it's it's going to be a lot more flagrantly racist. Like there's less ideas of pro- there's an idea of less um, progressiveness, et cetera. But you are a staunch believer that it's like, nah, that's them trying to coax you into staying in, you know, these overpopulated like 
uh, northern cosmopolitan quote unquote cities when really at the end of the day if we are the majority then we are being we are progressing and we don't have to rely on um those in power who don't care about us to be progressive well let, let, let me let me make this distinction okay northern and western cities by and large are more liberal mm-hmm. but liberalism and racial egalitarianism are not the same thing. Define egalitarianism. Right. right? So it means that that uh, that you believe in the equality of all people or whatever. Right. Uh, it's not the same thing. You know, uh, one thing that I point out in that book was how uh, Quinnipiac at the height of stopping first, and they were stopping just, just hundreds of thousands of these young black boys. More young black and brown men than there were black and brown men meaning they were stopping more people more than once so mm-hmm. and Quinnipiac every year would ask this question like do you do you agree with this knowing that these racial disparities exist the majority of white people in New York City always said yes think about that Mm. Right. Just because someone believes in the right of gay people to be married uh, mm. and in saving the planet uh, mm. and, 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 and the right for women to have equal access to all all medical uh, uh, services does not mean that they are racial egalitarian, that they believe in racial equality completely. Right. And that keeps manifesting itself. One of the most liberal states in America is um, Vermont. It's the place where Barack Obama won his uh, most, the uh, largest percentage of the white vote in 2008. He, um, it is the place that gave us Bernie Sanders, you know, right. staunch liberal, right? Vermont incarcerates more black men per capita than any other state in America. <gasps> well, see, that's how they get you. Right, and they have so, like the least amount of black men. I feel. But I feel like not a lot of people to pick from. But of the ones they pick, they are picking them up. You know, like oh. so. It's it's you 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 have to detangle these two concepts of liberalism. And I, you know, I understand people liking liberalism. I, it, it, it it supports the arts. It supports you know a, right. a, a kind of sensibility in a city. I understand that being very attractive, but do not confuse that with them allowing you to them loving you. It's not the same thing. Okay. There it is. There it is. There's going to be more of that on South to Black Power. That is a documentary put together by the one and only Charles Blow. You can also check out Charles Blow's continuous columns in the New York Times. You can also follow Charles on Instagram. And um, we are going to have more Charles here on the Amanda Seals show because we've got we've got for the record later this week and we got back at the class. So make sure that if you are trying to get your wisdom, get your knowledge and look for maybe a new place to live, then you check out South of Black Power first. All right. Thank you, Charles, for joining us for our Thank you. Thursday. We'll be right back. So don't move. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. We ain't nobody's fool. No. We shaking up the system. Rewrite unwritten rules. We speak the world on this time. We shine and rise. We up, we up, we up. 
Show. I'm Amanda Seals. Happy Thursday. It's the last day of November. How? Oh, my God. That gives me anxiety. That gives me anxiety. It's the last Thursday. Oh, my God. Okay. Anywho, if today is your birthday, happy birthday. Um, today is also shared with Rotimi. Rotimi was on the show Power. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot his character's name on Power, but the way that they took him out at the end was really, like, <laughs> solid. Them last few episodes of Power, y'all, was really, like, really well written. For 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 what a lot of people were complaining about in terms of the show, I feel like they uh-huh. really did a great job of closing out that show with, like, high-quality writing, suspense, etc. So, shout-out to uh, Courtney Kemp and the folks over there. Also, happy birthday to Chrissy Teigen, my hey, former uh, co-host at Bring the Funny on NBC. Also, of course, John Legend's wife. And, you know, people be, like, trying to play Chrissy, but... She always been cool to me. And she, there's like a standing <laughs> invite for me to go to the house. And they had a trampoline and then they gave away the trampoline. So now I'm like, I mean, I'll still come, but it's not going to be the same. <laughs> and let me say this. When I did bring the funny, I had to stand on my feet for like 12 hours the first day in the most craziest what? heels ever. And I like literally injured the like foot, uh, the sole of my foot from standing so long. And mm-hmm. the next day she brought a foot massager from like sharper image and left it in my dressing room for the duration of our shoot. So shout out to Chrissy Teigen. All right. Now, when we get back, we got our group chat topic of the week. We're going to take it back to the club. I'm so excited to hear about y'all stories from when you was in the club, when it was popping. Cause now the kids say it's Wizak. We'll be right. Bizak, right here at the Amanda Seals Show. Keep it locked. Welcome back to the Amanda Seals Show. It's Amanda Seals here. I'm already smiling because y'all know I love a nostalgia moment. And I definitely love nostalgia that involves like my 20s because it was a time. It was a time. Like I really want to do my own show that's like my version of like Emily in Paris, but about like my time in New York in my 20s. Like I just feel like it would be such a time. I even have the title and everything, but I'm not going to say it because I don't want y'all to steal it. Nonetheless, let's get into our group chat topic of the week. TikTokers have gone viral with videos saying that nightlife in 2023 is not hitting, okay? Mm -hmm. They grew up listening to party forward music, watching TV shows, movies where like, you know, clubbing was depicted as a way of life for young adults. Now as they're coming out post-pandemic, they like, this ain't what y'all said (laughs) it was. The club is leaving them underwhelmed. And so I say, you know what? Okay, I get that and I see that, but I want us to look back at when it was not underwhelming. It was actually quite Mm. overwhelming. (laughs) And uh, so we got, we got calls from y'all. Let's check it out. 1-855-AMANDA-8. Who's on the line? Yo, Amanda, this is Tank, Corpus Christi, Texas. I'm calling about the club scene y'all just talked about. It is what it is. It's been fun times. I think it started going down right before the pandemic. Um, Okay. So I slowing down before the pandemic. When the pandemic hit, of course, it shut down. But other than that, everything picked back up around 2022, that summer. Uh, I'm a bouncer. I travel in security. Ah. And then right now, it's just at a stalemate. Still popping, but not as much as it was back in the day. In the <laughs> 90s, early 2000s, when everything was going down. Appreciate you. Be blessed. Stay blessed. He was there. You know, I was talking about I was there. He was there. (laughs) Y'all talking about it like it was fun. It's a job for me and it's it's slowing down. That's a big job, especially today. Remember when the bouncer was like, if you were ugly, you couldn't get in, but if you were cute, you could make your way to the front of the line. You're like, this was a real thing. (laughs) This was a real thing. Like, and I just remember like dudes 
pleading with bouncers. Like, please. I remember dudes coming up to you and being like, hey, can y'all just walk in with us? Like, they won't let us in unless we have a woman with us. Because they were like, we don't want it to be a a, a, a blank fest. Mm-hmm. And so you had to you had to have a sister, you know, you had to have a woman with you for them to let you in. That was a real situation. Yep. Mm-hmm. I want to say rest in peace to my very, 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 very good friend from college, John Price, who lost his life as a bouncer. What? He was a bouncer. Yes, he was a bouncer at a bar and he removed somebody and they came back and they took his life right there on oh, the spot. Wow. But rest in peace, John Price was one of the illest and John Price was the first person to tell me, don't you ever let a nigga take your smile. Don't you ever let a man take your smile. I will never, <laughs> ever forget him. But the club was so like... I mean, I guess when he's saying that it turned down before the pandemic, all of us were like, really? Nah, I'm with him on that. It, okay, well, I want to hear more about that when we get back, because I didn't know that. I thought it was the pandemic that turned it down. So, you know, Supreme is a DJ, so he's there. He is there. And we'll be right here when we get back to the Amanda Seal Show. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Welcome back to the Amanda Seals Show. I'm Amanda Seals, and we are in the midst of our group chat topic of the week. You can find me in the club. Light up the bud, little mommy, I got that. You see, that's remember we were talking about lyrics. Mm, no, yeah. <laughs> I just, no just, as I said it, I was like, oh, nope, <laughs> nope, <laughs> Curtis, no, no selling X in the club. That's not okay. Supreme, we just had a caller who said that the club started turning down before the pandemic. I didn't know that. I thought it was the pandemic that did the turn down, but you agreed. Like 2015. I think it's because social media, you don't really have to mm. go to a club to meet people or to meet women. You see the women at their best on social media. Media, so what do you need to go out for? And you got direct access to them and you oh can, you know, invite a group of friends over. Y'all can drink mm-hmm. and have a good time. In You're your blowing my mind. I never yeah. thought of it in this context. Well, yeah. you said something earlier in the week, Amanda, that actually made me think about this, where you were like, the club also is like where you saw people. Like, I see them every week or whatever. Versus yes. now, I see y'all every day on the phone. I don't want to yep. see them no more. <laughs> You're so right. Enough. You know what the other thing though too was like you actually danced in the club, and I know, I know yeah. that it sounds old when y'all, you know, we're like y'all don't be dancing in the club, but like it really was like a an energy release, mm-hmm. like it really was like a thing, an energy release, like it was a vibe, like people really were in the club, like when you see like Young Jock had the dance, you know, like maybe right. in the club. It's going it's down because we was really doing that in the club. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Do you feel like that's also why we don't have as many like dance songs anymore? Because like people don't make songs that like have dances anymore because nobody danced. Well, they were well, doing they... that for a little bit on TikTok, right? Yeah. But then like the yep. the white kids was stealing the. Isn't that what oh, happened? Yeah. Those dances too hard too. Though. Those that, that's choreography. <laughs> that's not. <laughs> but that's what I'm that's... saying. They dancing on TikTok. They not dancing in the club. But I will I will go so far to say that I think brunch 
has replaced clubbing. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Day parties and brunches have replaced clubbing. But it's the same generation that was in the club. Yeah, we now at brunch. brunch. Yeah. <laughs> with, with hookahs. <laughs> and you have all the rest of the day to recover and you're not, you know, getting home super late. It's actually very adult. Yep. <laughs> it's very Bottom adult. Like, you can yeah. get a babysitter, you know, during the day. I feel like the, the bottomless mimosas, you're right. That is a real, that, that's that got black folks in a chokehold, actually. That's the whole thing in itself. Yes. Mm. The bottom is the only one who who does know TikTok dances. Y'all don't know TikTok dances. Wait, hold up. We're just finding out something new about you. This is things I learned this week. (laughs) You know TikTok dances? What? (laughs) Okay. Okay. What's going on? Why are you? Why do you know TikTok dances? Like how? Like what? It's just like something you enjoy. I've always liked to dance. I danced at the club. So I guess scrolling through TikTok, I'm like, I got to learn that one. So I was Hilarious. Like, yeah. Wow. TJ is like, I got to know choreo. So I know that when something with this show ain't on point, it's because TJ was not on her job and was on TikTok hitting us with the savage. (laughs) Yes. Yes. All right. Well, when we get back, we're going to take some calls, y'all. So don't go anywhere. It's the Amanda Seals Show. She's a savage. The Amanda Seals Show. We up, we up, we up. Welcome back to the Amanda Seals show. It's Amanda Seals here. We're talking about when the club was popping and TJ just revealed to us that she don't be in the club, but she is on TikTok doing the dances. And I feel like the thing is too, TikTok dances are only for the upper body for the most part. Like it's like sometimes it'll be a little line dance thing, but like who's going to be in the club doing all of that? Like it's just. And then you've got to wait till you get to that part of the song to do it too. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 30 seconds. Yep. <laughs> Listen, we gonna, we gonna hug out tonight. I only know nope. the part of that song that is from the TikTok. Like, right. that's really what it is. That was an easy dance, though. Just a little yeah, shoulder. You can do right, that. right. If you can, I did. I actually didn't know that one. I did. All right, let's go to the phone lines, y'all. Yeah, this is in response to you asking the question about um, the club. Mm-hmm. And when we was coming up and kicking the clubs, that was the place to be. Now, at this point in time, it's like you don't mm-hmm. know whether or not you're going to get shot to go out and go to a club. So I think that uh, has a great impact on why they aren't partying the way we used to do when we was kids. That was always mm. a factor. <laughs> like, when was that so not a like, factor? you was clubbing. <laughs> okay, if okay. If you can't well, go to Bella Noche's, where can you go? <laughs> well, damn. If you can't go to Bella Noche's, where the hell could you go? I think there's a difference between like, okay, this will go left. And you, you could kind of tell people going left and like, let me get up out of here versus a random Sausage shooting Santana. where it's like, people are like plotting on our lives. You can't expect that because they plotting on you and you in a club having a good time versus like, if folks start moving a little bit, you're like, all right, let me, let me, let me move. You also side. know, if you go to a club in a strip mall, like things can go left. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like there's just places that are in locations where you're like, if the bouncer is outside in a bubble goose and it's July, <laughs> then you, you know, you're being, you're being given some indicators that this is not going to possibly be a full safe night. You Keep know, your, more. Cu- your purse closed. I've had my purse stolen in the club. Oh, wow. Really? That's horrible. Yep. Mm. I don't like it when the bouncers have on church shoes. I feel like that is not. <laughs> you ain't you ain't gonna be able to catch nobody, bro. Where you sneaking? The hard bottom. I don't know. The fruit of Islam. They be killing you with a bow tie, and they still, you know, what I'm saying yeah, like they it. they still got it. Let's go to the phone no line. Steve Harvey suits, man. 
I just want to talk about being in the club. My name is Delisa, and I can remember back in the day I'm from Boston, Massachusetts, and there used to be this club called Three Seeds. And when I tell you, before all the reggae greats did the big shows and everything, they would all come. Beanie Man, Boo Sean Paul, up close and personal. Those were the good old days. Three Seeds, Boston Mass. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you, Boston Mass 3C. See, I like hearing people like name the club because there really is a thing about that. Like, oh, I remember when I was at the tunnel right. and almost broke my sternum trying to see uh, Cash Money sternum. perform. Mm. <laughs> yes, because I was at the front of the stage and people rushed the stage. Oh, and I, I literally yelled out, my sternum! <laughs> Everybody like, what's the third <laughs> If you got a car right now, Amanda, would you do a club hosting? It depends on how much the money is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there the is right a right price. price. Just so you know, there is a right price. Yes. Yeah, I heard it. <laughs> Bring her out to the city. Bring me out. Bring me out. Well, right. But we're going to come back. We got more calls. Y'all definitely was on the line because I was like, I'm going to open this moment up for folks. They probably haven't gotten to talk about this in a while. So we're going to give them the opportunity to. We'll be right back at the Amanda Seals Show. The Amanda Seals Show. We up, we up, we up. Welcome back to the Amanda Seals Show. It's Amanda Seals here and it is a group chat. We are talking about the club. All right. We was just... We were, you know, we were saying that the kids are talking about that they really thought the club was going to be like a hype time. And now here they are, they're of age and it ain't hitting like it was. But I was like, you know what? I want to hear from folks either why they think the club wasn't hitting or take us back to when it was. Let's go to the phone lines. I agree with Gen Z. I was born in the 90s and I was in the club 08, 09. 2010, 2011, 2012, 2000, you get me, catch my dress. And it was a time. This was before there was a smartphone and people can record your every single move and you can be mm. embarrassed or you could have the shame the next day that your face was all over the internet and that friend they're talking about you. No, because we used to walk around with cameras and you can just say, hey, don't upload that picture of me. And nine times out of ten, ten they're already passed out the next morning or we're at the diner and they don't have any time to get to their computer to upload that picture to MySpace or Facebook. I feel like this was the time of individual style. You couldn't look online to see what was trending. No. Mm. You went to that rainbow sales rack. You got whatever was on the clearance rack and you made it do what it do. We would wear a black top, black leggings, red shoes, red costumes, Earrings and bracelets and red lipstick. That's how we used to dress back in the day. And nobody could tell us nothing. We would slay it because you know what? We were young, black, beautiful, and bold. And it was just a time. I refuse to go to a club these days. Maybe a kickback, but no club for me. She got us there. She She said it was a time. It really was, y'all. It really was a time. Yeah. See, and okay, I'm also yeah. at this point, like, I'm too old for the club. Like, I, like if anyone were to ask me to go to the club at this point, the amount of questions that I would have, they'd be like, never mind, don't come, don't come. Just take don't me to dinner for one day. Because I'd yeah, be like, if I wear a sensible shoe, will there be parking? <laughs> Is there valet? Will the mm-hmm. section be close to the door? Will it be close to a bathroom? Like <laughs> these, is there a bathroom attendant? You know, I, w- I would have a lot of questions. Yeah, and yep. then I'd end up showing up in leggings. We so should all go to Jackson, Mississippi, Mississippi, where Rita and get a second. Would you say Rita? 
<laughs> I said, just do a kickback. I mean, I would rather just like have a house party at this point. I don't even feel safe. Here's the, the only problem with the kickback. Then you got to clean up. After you kick back, you got to clean up. That's the part for me. I go to the club. <laughs> I don't got to do nothing. You, just, if you invite a couple of 40, 50 year olds, they'll help you clean. I learned it. You know what? I ain't going to lie because that is very true. Every gathering <laughs> okay. that I've had, my friends are like, all right, well, it was fun. Let's start putting stuff away. Yep. <laughs> so mature friends. All right. Well, shout out to the kids out there. Sorry that you missed it. It was a time. It was a time. We'll be right back. The Amanda Seal Show. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. show it's amanda seals here and it is a group chat thursday and we got the whole squad here to chat it up all right now we are going to talk about parental support where you draw the line now of course only one of us here is an actual parent but we have had parents um and you know we have all like taken our routes in life and there have been times where our parents have showed us support. There have been times where our parents have maybe not shown us support. But the question becomes like, when is it too much or too little? And mm-hmm. I do think that there's no real rule book on this. Uh, you got to like know your kid, but we're going to get into it. Supreme looks very like uh, another situation where I'm the only one that has experience, but it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> we want to hear from you all too. So call us up one eight five five amanda 8 That's one eight five five two six two six three two eight. We'll be right back with group chat, parents and support on the Amanda Seals Show. Welcome back, y'all. This is the Amanda Seals Show. I am Amanda Seals and it is time to get into our group chat topic. Parental support. Should parents support their children even when they make bad choices and disappoint them. Okay, so we want to start on this note because this is a note. All Mm. right. right, Okay, so (laughs) a father went viral for putting his 15-year-old daughter out of the house because she got pregnant. Listen to this. Doing enough. I'm not doing enough. This is my daughter. If she want, if she want to be grown, if she want to be grown, she got to deal with those consequences. So now I'm gonna drop her off anywhere. I don't care where I drop her off at. I know she's gonna get out my my house. I know that for sure. She is going somewhere. I don't care about none of that. And take that phone. Take that phone. I'm taking that phone back. And I brought. And she only brought a little bit of clothes. So what are you talking about? Man, I don't even know what you're saying right now. 
and I don't care. This is my this is my household. This is my rules. If she want to get pregnant at 15 years old, then this is what she gonna have to deal with, and this is what she gonna have to go through. You falling? You falling the same exact steps as your cousin? You want to be like your cousin, homeless? Mm. How you gonna tell her you're following the same steps as your cousin? Do you want to be like your cousin, homeless, as you are making her homeless? <laughs> right. Homeless. Yeah. Right. right. Now, Supreme looks like he has a different point of view. Um. I mean, that's a tough one. You getting two for one at this point in time. You got one kid that you're taking care of. Now you're adding a baby into the process. But nah, I don't think he should have. Um, I don't think. I mean, I don't think he should have dropped her off and made her homeless. But so that's a rough the- one, especially when you bring in grandkids into the picture. Because it sounds like he was almost done already. Like she's 15. Like, ish. That's now they had another baby in the video. It was another little little oh, kid. A little baby like that. Yeah, that's that's yeah. Well, okay, but regardless, like you're never really done. You're not done. You know? right. You're not done. But you're adding other people into the. But it's your family. Equation. Yes, I mean, I mean, this is life. You know what I'm saying? Like at the end of the day, mm-hmm. like this is life, right? So mm-hmm. life happens, and you don't get to just divorce your kid. Like it's right. just odd. To, it's just weird to me to act like your 15 year old daughter got pregnant and you had nothing to do with it. He should have been a little bit that. more involved before that. Like you know what I'm saying? Like and mm-hmm. it, to me, what I felt from watch from listening to this is like, okay, this is a cry for attention. Like this is like that. That to me is like I'm doing from the father any big. The kid. Anytime right. there's like a crazy life changing thing that a kid does, it's like ultimately like I'm trying to pay. I'm trying to get you to pay me attention. Whether it's bullying, whether it's you know attempting to take your own life, whether it's addiction, like all of that is mm-hmm. just like I I don't understand things, and I'm trying to get you to like pay me attention. How many times have we watched like these talk shows where these kids would be like, I want to have a baby because I want to feel loved. Mm-hmm. But I, I also think though that sometimes parents may have done the right thing, but their parent, yeah. their daughter or, or their son decided they wanted to experiment or do something else. So yeah. it's not necessarily safe to say that it was the parent's fault. She might have just wanted an attention from a boy, the attention from a boy. Yeah. And it was the wrong thing that she did and she got caught up. Money and might what get happens a- though. Yeah, yeah. Money might be a factor in the household and now the, the father could be thinking. I think he's horrible for, for saying what he said, even if he's joking or, you know, just trying to teach a lesson. There's nothing positive that happened or could come out of that situation. Right. Right. So in that situation, would he be right to make her get an abortion? Ooh. I don't think you can make anybody yeah. do anything. But so I don't think Persuade that... her to get an abortion. <laughs> I what think that ultimately... I think ultimately there has to be conversations around like how to teach kids to be adults. And so when, when Jeremiah was talking about like, okay, you know, maybe um, she just wanted to go and do whatever, but doesn't really know the full consequences. Like we know full on adults that be doing whatever and not knowing the full consequences. So I think there's also like a lack of, clarity with this child on like the full consequences of things and so maybe there needs to be a real conversation with her about what are the results of having this child and then mm-hmm. she has to make a decision he said it like 10 times he's like I don't care I don't care that's <laughs> <laughs> okay. not funny but he did he did and probably every grandparent that has a child 
that had a baby at an early age is was upset, flaming mad when they mm-hmm. found out. Mm-hmm. But then you, you went through that season and then you have a grandbaby that you absolutely love and adore. Because it's okay. life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And things happen. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what life is. Life is just a constant effort of things happening and figuring out who how you're going to get through it. But we're going to keep talking about parents supporting their children. But we're going to take it to an other side of things when we get back. All right. We're going to go to the positive side. Sometimes it might be a little bit toxic positivity. We'll talk about it next on The Amanda Seals Show. The Amanda Seals Show. We up, we up, we up. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Welcome back to the Amanda Seals Show. I'm Amanda Seals here. We're talking about parents supporting their kids. We were just talking about this brother who was putting his daughter out. She's 15. She's pregnant. He said, I'm dropping her wherever. I don't care. Now, is the other person in the video the mom? I think so. Because there was another person in there saying like, now you can't just, because he was like, I'm taking her phone or whatever. But TJ, you just said that that's grounds for divorce. Oh, the instant. You breaking up the family. You putting my child out, you get out. Everybody humbly. Like the cousin. (laughs) (laughs) Not like the cousin. (laughs) That's what he said. (laughs) He said, you're going to be homeless like your cousin. Which lets you know about their family. Which lets you know about their family. Because I don't know what the cousin situation is, but why the cousin homeless? (laughs) And then to put it online like that is crazy. Like, you have to go online. With your old self. I mean, because I'm thinking, my family who is like the most ridiculous people. We have definitely had people in our house. We have my cousin at my house. We have my other cousin at my house. My Same. mom like raised her brother because my grandma dropped him off at 15 and was like, I'm just too old to raise him. So oh. that was that. Yeah. Like. Well, maybe oh, they could drop the girl off to, to an older sibling with the baby. Maybe that. Uh, so she won't be homeless. The father saying, I don't care, to me, Kerr, said to me, Kerr, Kerr you right, sorry, my fault, my fault, my fault. The father saying, I don't care, is indicative of the fact that whatever he has been showing her made her feel mm-hmm. like she was not loved. I, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, that's what that made me feel because ultimately it's like, when when I'm t- when young people do stuff like this, even though like okay mm-hmm. it has like no repercussions, they not they know they know there is some result, but they know that they're gonna. Sometimes it's like to me, it's almost sometimes like maybe just seeing you mad at me makes me feel like you care. Mm. That's true. Yeah, people that's do that they'll, to get a reaction out of some type of reaction. They're like at least whether it's positive or negative, they're like you're reacting and responding to me, so that's better than nothing. But but the way the father reacted, that's going to damage that relationship for the rest of their lives. And going through tough times, you could either draw yourself closer to each other because I might challenge you in a, in a tough way or I could just put you out like he's trying to do. So you could, you know, at the end of the day, it's still your family. We could either get closer or I just hate you forever. 
I mean, he's just an emotionally immature person. And yeah. listen, being the child of an emotionally immature adult is something you never really get over. Now, we want to talk about, though, this woman roasting her son, which. <laughs> OK, is there a version of supporting your kids that is lying to them? Or should you be honest about their inabilities if they are being delusional? Let's listen to this audio. Son told me he wants to be the next LeBron James. And I'm assuming he's talking about LeBron James, the father, actor, husband, because he can't be talking about the basketball player. Baby, I've been to your games. Your daddy is a coach and you don't start. I'm going to eat these words. I know I feel like 13 years from now, they're going to play this at his draft when he's getting picked and they're going to be like, this is for all the people that didn't believe in me. I think they need to take people's phones. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel like this is right either. <laughs> like, this ain't right neither. I had it wrong. This ain't right neither. <laughs> <laughs> but what if he really is bad at, yeah. at basketball? Like, I feel like sometimes... I feel, I feel Do like we need to know? Thing. I do like you're right. I don't think she had to post it on the internet, but I think she was saying it in jest. But I do think sometimes we see people boasting their kids, like you now. There's one thing with kids doing stuff for a hobby, and I also think it depends on how old your kid is. If your kid is like five trying to sing, okay, most five year olds can't hold a note. But if they 18 about to graduate, talking about going to the league, baby, we need to go to the uh, job. It's board. still not an internet conversation. People, everybody want to be a comedian. And they're just humiliating their people. Like, even, like, I'm just saying, like, as a comic, like, I've had to understand that there's just certain things I can't say, even if I think it's funny or I think it's ridiculous. Right, like, right. it's going to hurt somebody's feelings who I know. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, the internet did believe her for taking the, take the video down. The video so, not. <laughs> Supreme, no Supreme. So if your son said to you, Supreme, that he wanted to be the next LeBron James, but you knew he didn't have basketball skills, how would you react? When we come back, okay. I want to hear. All right. When we come back, I want to hear because, I, you know, you're the only one here with an actual child. All right. We'll be right back to the Amanda Seals show. The Amanda Seals show. We up, we up, we up. Welcome back to the Amanda Seals show. I'm Amanda Seals. And uh, we have been talking about parents supporting their kids. And like, when is it too much? When is it too little? Uh, now, now, right before the break, TJ, you had posed a question to our resident dad, DJ yeah. Spring. Okay, Supreme. So I know you're a dad. You have a son. And if your son, two sons. So if one of them came to you and said, Dad, I want to be the next LeBron James. But you knew they didn't have game. They didn't have skills like that. How would you react? I would make them start waking up early in the morning and start practicing, hitting the gym. Like you got to, you know, put in the work and he would improve at least a little bit. But (laughs) that's the life lesson. And I think situations like with the mom clowning the son like that is where you get young King Harris talking about he stand on business. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Not standing on business at the family. I mean, I feel like there were times where my mom has been like super duper supportive, but there were other times where she was like afraid of me failing. Mm. And so like she projected her fear onto me Mm -hmm. and didn't support me where I would have like support you know what I'm saying like I mean even if you're like just feeling brave I remember one time I was like in Grenada with my mom and we were at this like uh, this place called Dodgy Docks and they have like a live band and I was like I'm gonna sing and she was like why are you gonna sing and I was like lady relax and like I mean I can sing so I was like yeah and she just got so like bent out of shape and I was like you're bugging 
And then I went and sang and I had a great time. I had and after she was like, happened to me. Really? Like, um, I it was like a talent show and I wanted to do mm. karate, but I never took what? karate before. Oh my God. Go ahead, go ahead. Tell the <laughs> so, story. <laughs> my mom went and like bought a robe or whatever, a little belt around the robe, the pants and all of that. So it's time to go out on the stage and do the karate. Mind you, I don't know karate. And in my <laughs> eight-year-old mind, it just clicked before it was time to go on the stage. Like, damn, I don't know karate. <laughs> but she Yo, supported me. She I love that for you. So my mom did the same thing for a talent show. I wanted to dance on point, like ballet on point, and like okay. all the other girls, they were already on point. But like I was, they said I was too weak to go on point. But I was like, nah, I want point shoes. Like if all that, I'm gonna do on point. And I had my homegirl Galen Akins play Sunrise Sunset from Fiddler on the Roof, and I did a whole point routine, y'all. I have never danced on point. How, <laughs> how are your ankles? <laughs> <laughs> and why would the the, the, real, the ballerinas from my class who really be on point? was in the middle they were in the audience like okay cheering you, on. <laughs> you know that, that's it, brave. It's, it's funny I was grown by this time though but I remember getting laid off I, I worked at a radio station and then they shut the radio station down and so then I went for a little spell in there without a traditional job and I remember my mom saying why don't you just get a regular job and oh. I was I was like well mom you know and then I told her, because actually, a quick story. When I was a little girl, I was super duper shy. But I always told my mother, I always told my teachers, I'm going to do the news. And I told, I went, I took her back. There. I said, what did I tell you I was going to be when I got big? And she said, oh, you said you right. was going to do the news. I said, I said that before I could even speak in public. Ooh, I was nice. like, so it's really not a me thing, ma. It's part of, and then after I said that, she totally supported me. She just didn't want to see me going through, you know. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, but that brought us closer closer together. My parents definitely supported me because I I was going to say, Jeremiah, you always talk about how your parents are just like, Jeremiah, live your life. Do what you want to (laughs) do. Well, no, when I was in 10th grade and joined the track team, why? Who knows? My parents definitely came to the track meet and saw me lose them races. And I'm like, (laughs) why am I out You run fast, Jeremiah. No. I mean, I have the physical capability to run fast, but I don't enjoy running. So it's like, why am I out here? Let me I have ask a physical capability. Who will win a race, you or Saucy Santana? We seen him get a, a club. I, now I could. I could get <laughs> stress. I can get up out of here now. It depends. Is Saucy wearing a kitten heel? <laughs> right. Is Saucy wearing a kitten heel or a Nike shoe? We don't know. Oh, no. I wouldn't mess with Saucy Santana now. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for this hour's group chat. Up next, we're going to hit you with the celebrity confessions. Another day, another celebrity running their mouth. Mm-mm-mm. It's up next on The Amanda Seal Show. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. All right, y'all. Welcome back to The Amanda Seal Show. It's your girl, Amanda Seals, and it is time for us to get into these are our confessions. Celebrity confessions. Every week, a celebrity gets on the internet and shares a cringe worthy truth. Hilarious hot take or just kind of something in between. And you know what? When they do, it's time for me to guess who is running off at the mouth. Jeremiah, like the Bible, what is today's celebrity confession? All right, Amanda. So this week's celebrity revealed that they haven't liked to visit the Empire State ever since they were robbed in the city before their fame. 
Okay, they don't want to visit New York because they got robbed before they got famous. Dang. They said both be traumatized. Dang. All right. A whole city, like the greatest city in the world. And they just like, like, I'm good. Okay, is this okay? First, let me ask gender. This is a female, a woman. Okay. This is a woman. Okay. Um, what type of work do they do? Are they an artist, like a like a recording artist? Are they an actor? They're a recording artists. Yep. Oh, they're a recording artists. Okay. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's Meg Thee Stallion. You are close. I'm close? Okay. Close it's not Meg Thee Stallion. If it's Meg Thee Stallion like on a, a, a robber. She like, you know, about five. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's not Meg Thee Stallion, but I'm close. Is it? Is it that I'm close because she's from the same place? The same region. Okay, so Tejas. So the same region. Um, who else is from Texas, but not from not, Houston? Not, not not state, same region. So the oh, south. the same region. Okay, the southeast, the Bible Belt, if you will. Mm-hmm. Okay, bit, but that's bit, still pretty even, big. It's even even more southern. It's close more, to, close to where you're from, kinda. Close to where I'm from. So they're from the Bible Belt. Are they from Louisiana? Close to where you're from. I'm from Florida. Yeah. Oh, they're close to... I'm saying we're talking states or cities? Oh, cities. Cities in your state. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Are we talking about Kaya? She's from Tampa. <laughs> you're close. You're warmer. You're warm. You're getting real warm. I'm warmer? Okay, okay, but okay, okay. Kaya, don't Kaya like but people. younger. Who is from Tampa? It's not the city girls. Um, Is, is it? it the city girls? Is it JT? Yeah. It's JT. It's Shantae. JT is such a thug, though. We got to hear the audio from what happened when she went to New York, Amanda. Let's take Let me a hear. listen. I got robbed. Like, she saw, she she left me at the bar drop. And she went back to the place that she booked us. And she took all of our stuff. So, I just always never liked the New York since then. I haven't, I came back to New York, like, after I got famous. But I just always look at New York as, like, this gritty ass place like where people just but JT you didn't you didn't hear her accountable I never saw that girl again <laughs> I never okay, saw her again I never wait, saw her again she wait, had blocked wait, me wait, on stop Facebook stop the audio stop the audio wait 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 but JT was a thief that's what the people online was saying no I, they said well, girl okay, you wait 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 was JT stealing from like individuals or was she scamming the corporate because I, I don't a know. I don't know. I think okay, it's people, a but I don't well, Let me wanna... take it back. Let me run it back. Let me take it back. Because if you scamming the corporations, I'm not calling you a thief. I'm calling you Robin Hood. <laughs> okay. But she was. But if you scamming individuals, then yeah, you a thief. You a thief. But I, I just feel like that may have happened to her in New York, but that sounds like a very Miami situation as well. So <laughs> nonetheless, um, New York is not, you know, don't, don't don't chalk up the whole city to that. New York can be very, very generous. Let me tell you something. You get pregnant, have a baby in New York. You ain't never carrying that stroller up the stairs by yourself. <laughs> All right. That's a celebrity confession. We'll be right back with more of the Amanda Seal Show. Keep it locked. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. Show. 
Seals Show. I'm Amanda Seals. It's time to listen, laugh, and learn. We got the word of the day. It's a word I've never heard before. So get ready. The word is nebbish. 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 Um, someone foolish. who's like... Okay. Foolish. Sensitive. Like a maybe, maybe somebody who's like... <laughs> sensitive. <laughs> nebbish. What'd you say, Rita? Maybe somebody who's like like sensitive, like uh like shy. You got that from Nebitch. Nebish. <laughs> that's not, that's not the word. <laughs> that's I think the it's ish, like shy. That's like little or tiny or like, you know, not scrawny, but like almost like chubby. Or like a Pillsbury Doughboy type. That's what I think of. Like Nibby. Yeah. <laughs> Just said a hookah flavor like me. Y'all just going up at the wall. <laughs> well, y'all, uh, in a rare occurrence, it looks like Rita is correct. Okay. Okay. Not that it's a rare occurrence that Rita's correct, but it's a rare occurrence that are, that we're correct in our assertion of a word. Um, the definition of nebbish refers to a timid, meek, or ineffectual person. Hmm. Yeah, so Senator Kevin McCarthy was a nebbish Speaker of the House because he would just do whatever they told him to do. Yeah, there you go. Nebbish, N-E-B-B-I-S-H. And it says it's a noun. If someone is nebbish, wouldn't that be an adjective? <laughs> Seems like it would be yeah, an adjective to describe somebody. Y'all need yeah. to start including a sentence example so I can really see what what, what stuff is. But nebbish okay. is is apparently a noun, but I feel like it's an adjective. Now coming up this hour, uh, we got my I be knowing sixty second headlines. We're gonna take some more calls, so you know don't go anywhere. Remember to stay connected with us twenty four seven on socials at Seal Said It. We'll be right back to the Amanda Seals Show. It's the Amanda Seals Show, y'all. I'm Amanda Seals, and it is time for me to give you my weekly I be knowing. Oh, man, I don't know about y'all, but your girl is I'm just emotionally exhausted and it makes it to where you start to really evaluate your relationships because you ask yourself, are these adding to my exhaustion in any kind of way? I feel like when the world is exhausting, you try to make sure that your world is as little as or as least exhausting as possible. You know, and that can come down to just even changing your processes for how you eat during the day, you know, changing your 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 thinking about how you're going to manage your day, but it also I feel like shows up in your relationships. And I feel like a lot of people I know are definitely going through this, particularly women who are saying to themselves, you know, I feel like I'm doing a lot more effort to have a relationship than I should be if this is actually going to be happy or like something positive or healing for me. And that's not just romantic relationships. That's friendships as well. Like, I feel like if you got to keep trying to do algebra for the friendship, baby, this, what what are we doing? You know, I I shouldn't have to do X equals Y and solve for Q uh, about why a friend is moving a certain way. And I use the same thought mindset with men. It's kind of like, if I start feeling like I have to do the math, then I immediately I'm like, oh, 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 oh. Because I don't have any more brain energy <laughs> for that. I need to be using my brain energy for real practical things and for also just expanding my understanding of the world I'm in. And if you're not adding to that, you got to go. I mean, an ex, my ex before this last ex, 
was in my Instagram comments the other day. And it, I was also like, damn, I didn't block you. I didn't even realize that I had not blocked this fool. But you see this, this, this boldness, okay? To just slide on in somebody's comments who you know you owe money to. But you know, those kind of people, they are always full of energy because they're vampires. They're energy vampires. So you be exhausted because you are around folks that are draining your energy just to feel some type of attention, et cetera, et cetera. Those are the folks you can't let them stick around. You can't do it. So, you know, it is what it is. But I will say that it doesn't mean you have to necessarily cut people all the way off. You just have to reconsider the role or where they are in your life. And sometimes the cutoff can be just as exhausting as them being there. So that itself is its own journey. My goal, though, is to not let my brain do any extra work about somebody who I know is not doing any extra work on themselves. I be knowing. This is the Amanda Seal Show. We'll be right back. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. Welcome back to the Amanda Seal Show. I'm Amanda Seals, your favorite comedian and common sense specialist. It's a group chat Thursday, and we always like to take calls from y'all. So, you know, do you got any leftover thoughts that you want to share with us? Let's go to the phone lines. 1-855-262-6328. Who's on the jet? Hey, Amanda, I was calling to answer your question um, about what is it that I miss about being in the club and am I still in the club? But the only thing I can say I might miss about the club is the 90s music, hanging out mm. with my girls, because at that time we were all in the same area. And now in order for us to get together, somebody got to catch a flight. Mm. After that, I can't say <laughs> right. I miss anything because where I'm from, Coming out of the club at 2 a.m., I do not miss freezing because I left my coat in the car because I was trying to be cute. I don't miss the watered-down drink. I don't miss accidentally being touched by strangers. So, no. Uh, I am not still in the club today. (laughs) Oh, man. She took it back. All right, what else we got? Who's on the phone? 1855 Amanda 8. I remember what do I miss about going to the club, walking in here. Let me see you about that. Do the brown. Do the brown. Do I go to the club now? Absolutely not. Every song in there, it just invokes nothing but violence. There's too many men in the club. No women. Thank you. <laughs> Word. The, the bouncers ain't bouncing. I mean, you listen, they used to have methods for, for preventing that. They really did. <laughs> <laughs> the, the me- I don't think y'all really understand that like men would literally just be like lined up on the curb, like <laughs> waiting for women to walk by to be like, can I come in with you? Can I, can I come in the club with you? And then they would yep. come in with you and literally immediately disperse. Like it wasn't <laughs> like y'all had formed some type of kinship. It wasn't like they were going to buy you a drink. Like they were like, good to see you. <laughs> like, yeah, they get a little drink, yeah, a little drinky drink. I also remember just like, I just remember feeling the thirst in the club. There was a lot of thirst. Yeah. Yeah. Like, cause there would be athletes, you know, I was in New York. So like mm. athletes would come and like get a table. And I just remember being with chicks and me feeling like I was like, not, how do I put it? Like they were thirsty and it would make me feel like, I guess I have to like level up my thirst because right. I looked at them like they were cooler than me mm-hmm. and then I would like mm-hmm. you know have to like ride with them over you know we now we over in somebody's <laughs> section like you know chit-chatting and mingling oh my god I think back and it's just like ah 
Well, everybody needs a friend. They'd be like, I got a friend for you. I'm talking to old dude. This is my friend. He can talk to your friend. <laughs> I'm like, like she said that like they're rubbing up on you mistakenly. Oh, I feel like it was some unspoken rules that anything goes in the club, and if a nasty son come on, then we just go dance. And I'm like, nah, bro, nah, don't do not bend me over, please don't Ooh. do that. It depends on who. It depends on who. <laughs> well, see, I ain't like dudes, so I really didn't like it. But you didn't know at that time that you didn't like oh. dudes. I knew, but I just couldn't be out. <laughs> I couldn't be Touché. the one bending the girl over. It was it was a little light Touché. in there. Touche. There different was a little time, light in there. Time. Hilarious. <laughs> different times, y'all. Different times. <laughs> well, I appreciate y'all, you know, reminiscing with me. You know, that's always one of my favorite things to do. And uh, maybe one day I'll like do a throwback club moment. Maybe for like my 50th birthday or something like that. It'll be like a throwback club. Oh, you know, okay. like the drinks will all be like Alize and you know Patron shots. No, I do. Tell, I will tell you this: I would not mind DJing a party once a quarter, or even just once a year, called Nothing After Five, and I don't play no records after two thousand and five. Okay, like that—that oh, that is something I would love to do. So, okay. anybody out there who wanna who wanna sponsor that, fly me out. There's a price. <laughs> there. <laughs> There is a price. All right, we'll be right back to the Amanda Seal Show. We got 60 second headlines, y'all. Don't go The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. Welcome back to the Amanda Seal Show. It's Amanda Seals here, and it is time for us to hit you with some 60 second headlines. All right, first up, Hunter Biden's lawyers have told the House Oversight Committee that the president's son is willing to testify on December 13th in their inquiry into his actions, but only if he could do so publicly. Oh, they're trying to air this. You know what? They're trying to figure out how can we get people to like Biden again? And honestly, anyone with a conscience, nothing. There's nothing you could do. <laughs> and we already know the son was out here with the blemma while he was, in, you know, intoxicated. So not that there's anything to judge with that, but people will find a way. Also, in celebrity news, Tiana Taylor claims her estranged husband, Iman Shumpert, was jealous of her fame, emotionally and verbally abusive, and cites cheating scandals in her divorce docs. Seems like we've all heard this story and lived it as well. Six five, big old six five with a little old small mindset. Also, presidential candidate Cornell West is heading to Michigan to court voters in a state where President Joe Biden is struggling to gain a clear advantage in the polls. I mean, I guess Dr. West is just taking field trips at this point. Like America <laughs> is not going to vote for Don- for Cornell West to be president. So. But, you know, enjoy your life. The bucket list is for everyone. Well, you know who else is enjoying their life, Amanda? Andre 3000, because he just set a new record for his latest album release. The opening song from his project, New Blue Sun, has set a record for the longest running song on the on the chart on Billboard Hot 100. Now, the lead title song, listen, y'all, I swear I really want to make a rap album, but this is literally the way the wind blew me this time. Debuted at number 90 on the chart and has a runtime of 12 minutes and 20 seconds. You see, anything is possible. Sky is the limit. <laughs> I mean, you know what? I don't I don't know what to say. History. We'll be right back. <laughs> the Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up. All right, y'all, it's time to head on out. It's the Amanda Seal Show. Hope everybody had a good day with us. Shout out to Charles Blow joining us, journalist and author. 
He's got his own opera, you know, and he sat with us and really like schooled us. I mean, I, I, we were expecting to do a whole different other group chat and he just kind of took us in a whole historical, knowledgeable direction that I think a lot of y'all would really be interested in hearing because he talked about just the South and why the South is so connected to blackness and he did not name slavery as the reason. So, you know, definitely worth checking out. And uh, I also just appreciated going back in time with y'all. The club was such a... I guess it was really just a part of my like uh, like young adulthood. I remember when I first got to go to the club in uh, in Orlando when I first turned 18 and I was able to go to the club and I literally can't remember the name of the club right now, but it was a club in a strip mall next to a movie theater. And it was such a thing to get to go. I mean, I'm thinking back and I remember Karen and Marquise and Devin and Chris, like all of us being there. And I feel like uh, that it's always nice to kind of just take a look back at, at those fun times. So we did a lot of that today. And we also talked about, you know, being a supportive parent. It's I can only imagine how difficult it can be to support your kids when they do dumb shit. I really can't. I mean, I just know that right. that must be really taxing. <laughs> um, incredibly taxing. I think, I guess, the only thing you can do is kind of come from a place of compassion. The same way that when you are a child and your parent does dumb shit, you also have to come from a place of compassion. So the moral of the story here is let's lead with love. And uh, you can check out any of the show wherever you get your podcast. So make sure you do that and check out the latest episode of my podcast, Small Doses, Side Effects of Political Comedy with Roy Wood Jr., all right? Uh, tomorrow, we got Fun Day Friday, so make sure you look out for that. We're going to have the Public Seals announcement, of course, the Black Spin, and uh, we're going to talk about hip-hop's influence on the club. So I'm not done talking about my time in the club, y'all. I'm not finished. We got all of that, plus Nas spreading Black joy, and so is Miss Sonia White, a first-grade teacher in Texas. Make sure you check it out tomorrow right here on The Amanda Seals Show. Remember, we are each other's business. When we look out for each other, we lift each other up. Peace, y'all. The Amanda Seal Show. We up, we up, we up.